If you would just stay standing for a, for a moment. I'd like you to just close your eyes and I'd like you to lift your hands to the Lord. I, uh, the word the Lord has given me for this morning, I believe is critical and in, in an area where most believers by failure of developing that, this specific area, tend to not accomplish or walk in what it is that the Lord has for them. And so as your eyes are closed and your hands are lifted to the Lord, I want you to, I don't want you to say anything, but I want you to think this. I want you to think this along with me. I want you to think the Holy Spirit is on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. He was sent by the Lord Jesus to lead me and guide me into all truth. So therefore this morning, I will be led, I will be guided into truth. And that truth is going to set me free. Think it again. And that truth is gonna set me free. Because of this, I have great expectation for what I'm gonna learn this morning. Think it, let your mind meditate on that. I have great expectation for what the Holy Spirit is gonna impart into me this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Tell the person next to you, get ready. Get ready. All right, you may, you may be seated. Pastor Marion and, and Pastor Stephanie, it is, it is my, it's my great honor to be back here. I, you know, it's so amazing to me. I walk in, I walk in with you all and my son, Mikey. Mikey, why don't you stand up, please? This is my oldest son, Michael, who joined me on this trip. Uh, we, walked in, we walked in here and it's just like being at home. You all are home to us, your family. And what, what makes that is the presence of the Lord. Amen. You know, uh, we travel a lot. We get to be in different churches in different areas. And I'll tell you what, in this building, God has set up, like Revelations talks about, his candle. And that candle represented the Holy Spirit's oil flowing. Pastor, he is here and he is flowing. And what he started years ago, he said he is faithful to complete it. He's faithful to complete it. And the work that he started in you and in Pastor Stephanie and in this body, he is fulfilling. Amen. And you all are a part of that. Amen. Give a hand. Let's give a hand to the Lord for the work that he is doing in this place. So I want, you to, I want you to get your notebook out. Uh, and if you do what I do, I usually type my notes in my phone. Just it, It's easier for me to keep track of uh, that way. But I want you to open it up. And we're going to start in Jeremiah 29, 11. And for those of you that are the ones that are running the scriptures up here on the, on the screen, I'm going to be mainly in the Amplified if that helps you. And so... 
when we're reading through these, uh, these verses, bear with me because the Amplified, as you know, takes whether it's the Greek or the Hebrew and expands it, thus its name Amplified. But I find in doing that, and especially in the topic and in the areas that we're gonna be talking about this morning, it's critical because it really helps to unfold the big idea uh, that's involved. So Jeremiah 29, verse 11, if you wanna open your Bibles with me there, we're gonna start there and it says, for I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. How many of you know this scripture and have quoted this scripture, okay? For I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And what I want you to do, the topic we're gonna talk about uh, uh, this morning is entitled Hope. Hope, a key to the kingdom. Hope, a key to the kingdom. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we know that, uh, that chapter to be the chapter on love, but its opening says this. It says, and now there abides, what, three things, faith and love. And then of course it gives the greatest of the three, but which is love, but we know that the Lord in laying out a priority of some very important topics, he put in faith, then he put in hope, and then he put in love. So it's kind of like somebody at a beauty contest, right? At the end, what do they usually bring up on the stage? The last three, right? Okay, so that means those three are in the top, so you sh- th- those are the three that have won. So in these topics, in, these, in, in this area of, of these topics, we know that all three of these are very critical. Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised in church. I've been in a Bible school. I've been uh, a, a pastor for many, many years. Uh, run, I, I, I currently uh, run uh, several businesses as well as ministering through the business and in areas like this. And I have to tell you that I literally have lost track of the amount of sermons that I have heard on faith. Would you agree with that? And on love. How many of you have sat through so many sermons and, 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 top, and, and been taught over and over on love? And, and all of that critical and very important. But I literally cannot even count on one hand the, the times I've been taught on this powerhouse called hope. And I'll tell you why I, 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 I believe uh, some of that has to do with just not clearly understanding the importance and the power of it. But I will say this, that, that most people, I believe, kind of put it in a category of hope so, maybe so. So for example, uh, when, uh, how many of you admit to when the lottery hit a billion dollars, you went and bought a ticket? Okay, I hope you all don't think that bad of me for that. But I was like, come on, I got a chance of winning a billion dollars. All right, let's go. Okay, so, but we put this type of hope, we put that in this, in that category of it's just hope. And we read the Bible and, and here's, here's what one of the issues when you read the Bible that you've got to be aware of. And that is that you don't fall prey to religious mindedness as it relates to words. Because here's what we do. We read as we read the scripture. And I promise you that even when I read that verse in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the thought, the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace, well-being, not for a disaster to give you a future and a hope. And that hope just just hit your, hit your ears and like, oh, hope, that's nice. 
It's a nice little religious word, hope. We're in church. Of course, we're gonna hear about hope. And then guess what? We're gonna hear about blessing. And we hear these words, but because we do not grasp the understanding of it at its core, we miss a very, very powerful impact as a result. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one says, now faith is the substance of things what? Okay, stop, 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 stop with me. The Amplified actually says this, now faith is the assurance or the title deed to what you hope for. We hear, we hear, talk after talk and sermon after sermon about faith and how powerful faith is. But Hebrews 11 says, faith brings substance to what you are hoping for. So I want you to think about it like this. If faith is the GPS system, hope is the point of navigation. Let it sink, let it sink in. We're not in a hurry this morning. All right, we're not. We had daylight savings time. Plus, stay with me. I'm two hours behind you all in Colorado. We got a long ways to go here, all right? <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, Pastor Isaac, I have to uh, just, just quickly just stop and give honor to Pastor Isaac as my mentor as who is uh, praised over our business and family on a daily basis and who speaks into my life. And um, so beyond thrilled to be sitting here with him. It's just, a, it, it's, an, it's an honor. Uh, every year he has a conference called Bethel. And uh, when we go there, we go there, it is, uh, it is so, I mean, literally just life-changing. And what's fascinating is, is Pastor Isaac, as you all know, comes from Nigeria, and our services at Bethel will literally go three, four, five hours. You just stop looking at your watch. You do. Well, I'm sorry, but guys, listen to me. I'm like, here in, in, uh, in <laughs> you, get, you get this, you sit down, right? And in, in the American church, you sit down. And uh, my uncle always told me, Bill, whenever you're preaching, always remember that the mind can only grasp what the rear end can take. Okay? And uh, <laughs> Uncle Gary, <laughs> words from Uncle Gary, uh, and, uh, and and it's true. But here's the reality of it. You know, in the in the in that in in the in their in those church services in the African culture, you you are just there, and you are in the Word and in the presence, and breakthrough happens and all of that. And after one of the services, I don't even remember what time it was. We were upstairs uh, with uh, with Pastor the the pastor who was the lead speaker from Nigeria, and he's like. You know, it's like, where are, you, where are you people wanting to go? Back home just to watch TV? <laughs> like, they, they just couldn't get it. Do you remember that conversation? It's like, where are we going? Back home just to watch, sit and watch TV. So I promise you, I won't keep you that long. <laughs> I, I, well, maybe. So let's grasp this concept again. Faith gives the title deed to you to what it is that you are hoping for. So let's break this word down, hope, because it's important. It's critical because if my faith is giving substance to this that I am hoping for, I need to know what hope is and then I better start working on my hope. 
Hope is this. Comes from the Greek word elpis. Desiring of some good with expectation of obtaining. With expectation that I'm going to obtain. Confidence. Here is an easy way of putting those together. Hope simply is confident expectation. It is what you are confidently expecting to take place. So I want you to do this. Whenever you're reading, when, uh, and, and for the rest of the time we're talking, and we read on scriptures that say hope, we are going to take that and translate it to confident expectation. So when we read Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things I am. Okay, I got about 15 of you. Let's do it again because I want you to hear it. I want you to say it. Now faith is the substance of things that I am confidently expecting. It, it totally changes this meaning. Faith, everybody, and here's what I want you to understand. Hebrews 11 does not just work bringing God's good things into your life. Hebrews 11.1 1 is a principle. It is, it is like gravity. It works no matter what. It works. So here's, the, here's what that verse is saying. Whatever you are confidently expecting to happen in your life, your faith is going to give you the title deed to it. Yes. You are going to own it. Confident expectation excuse me, is what faith then launches into reality. I'm letting it soak in just a little bit because I know, look, I have been meditating on this. The Lord has been walking this in through my mind and in my spirit for years. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you exactly where it comes from. Can I just hand this to, thank you so much. The, the reason why is this. I just got fed up, if you will, with people struggling. It, it, they're like, Bill, I feel like I'm in faith. I feel like I'm in faith. I feel like I'm in faith. And this isn't moving. And it's not moving. I'm not seeing breakthrough. So I began this search and, and, and pouring into like, Lord, where is it that we are missing it? And this area, he began to illuminate in my life. Because last time I was here, I shared the story of where it was that I came from and how the Lord walked me through this journey. My wife and I, just after we had not been married that long, we're sitting at the dinner table and we're going over our bills and our finances. And if we paid our tithes that month, we would not be able to pay our bills. And so there I was in that situation, and I knew I'm not messing with the tithe because the tithe is the Lord's and you wanna get yourself in, you want the financial wheels to fall off? Yeah. Start messing with the tithe. That's right. It just works, it works. You tithe and things are gonna happen. So we literally wrote out our tithe in our checkbook. Remember back then when you used to do that? Okay, <laughs> way, way, way back then. Okay, wrote it, 
subtracted it off the total, and we weren't having church for several days, but we took it out. The next morning, my wife had a part-time job. She went off to work. I had no work. My business, nothing was going on. And so I got on my face. And I got on my face, and I said, Lord, I know the problem's not on your end. The problem's on my end. Show me where I'm missing it. And he began to walk me through these steps, these critical steps that I was missing it. I was not operating the keys effectively in the kingdom of God. Confident expectation is one of those keys. And here's a statement I want you to get. Hope is a product of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm going to say it again so you can write it down. Hope, confident expectation, is a product of your mind. Psalms chapter 42, verse 5 says this, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence. Hope, confident expectation, is a product of your mind. It is a result of your thinking. It is a result of the choices of what you have made a decision to put between your ears. As I think, as I meditate on things, it creates in me an expectation. Isn't it incredible how the world, you'll hear people say, something bad happens to them? What do they say? See, I told you. See, I knew it. If, if something is going to happen to me, it's going to be bad. You hear it? You hear it? Now, here's what I've learned. What I've learned is, 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 is in good churches, folks are learning to curb that so that we're not speaking that. But, big but, we are still missing what is it we are confidently expecting and building the confident expectation according to what the word teaches us on how to do that. He, uh, we grew up on the ranch singing uh, and watching Hee Haw. Come on, I know I'm in the right place. And I know you all can sing this song with me. Gloom, despair. Oh, wow. Deep, dark, depression, <laughs> excessive misery. Okay, we're done. Whoa. <laughs> I knew I was in the right place in Kentucky. I love it. This is why I feel home, right? This is why I feel home right here. <laughs> the world has a programming of exactly that, right? Now, hee-haw, of course, is taking it and putting it out to extremes. But we all know, guys, in the world system, there is a constant programming of expecting the worst Fear. You're, you're, about, you're falling asleep at night and you, sit, you hear a, a crack outside your window. Where does the mind immediately go? Yeah. Something bad. It's not the publisher clearinghouse guy out there about to give you a big check, is it? <laughs> why, why is that? Because the natural tendency of this fallen world is to build expectation for wrong things to happen for bad things to happen. And the Lord gives us his word that says, listen everybody, 
your faith is going to give substance to what you're confidently expecting. So we've spent a lot of time working on our faith. I believe and therefore I speak. Say unto this mountain, be removed and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. Faith, and we've learned and we've grown in faith and how faith takes and to go after faith, but we've missed a very core element, and that is, is that faith simply is going to give substance to what I'm confidently expecting. So should I start there first? So let's walk through how we do this. We're gonna spend a lot of time in Hebrews chapter six. Everybody, are you all with me so far? Okay, Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six opens up in a very interesting way. Hebrews chapter six ta- starts talking about, in the beginning he says, let us go on. This is verse one. He says, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrines of Christ, advancing steadily towards completeness and perfection. He says, don't let, not laying again the foundation of dead works. So, so repentance of sins, all of this. He's going through a list of basics. Everybody say basics. So in this list of basic basics, he's like, he's like, let's not, we don't, we don't need to, to go again and talk about repentance of dead works and, and of faith toward God and teachings of, of, of laying on of hands and raising the dead. I love how he lists raising dead people as kind of a basic thing. I was out at Bishop Oyeta Post Church and it's been many years when I first was getting to know their ministry and they have uh, uh, times of testimony and at the time of testimonies, people would come up on the stage and I believe in every service, there's what, 50 or 60,000 per service and they have, I don't know how many services now. Okay, in each one. And they have multiple services. I think you said the 600,000 people in attendance every Sunday morning at church now. And so they'll have the people come up and give testimony. And, and this couple gets up and they have a little child and they get up and they give a testimony. And we just wanna thank the Lord that our baby had died and our small group leader came over and raised him from the dead. And, <laughs> and, and you just stay with me here. You think that's awesome. This is what's the most awesome part about it. Everybody's sitting there. Why? Because it was like the fifth time they heard it that month. It was a constant thing. It was just, oh, another child raised from the dead. Isn't that awesome? I am sitting there like, what? And they're like, oh, again, okay, awesome. Aren't you glad you're a part of that church? Come on, everybody. You're under a covering, everybody. You're under a covering. Get ready to explode in your life. Get ready for fruit to take place. I can tell you that this is something that I've been a part of, and I'm just telling you, when you're under that covering, expect great things to start happening in your life. Expect it, because it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We operate as, a biz, as business under that covering. Uh, every word, this right here is the mantle that uh, Bishop Oyedipo had sent with Pastor Isaac to, to bring to, to our company and to, to me personally. It is, it's, a, it's a powerhouse. So, so here, here's the, the point of the opening of Hebrews 6. This is what he says. He's like, let's get past these basics. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware of long, long ago. If indeed, if God permits now, we are going to proceed to advanced teaching. Everybody say advanced teaching. 
Say it again, advanced teaching. So here's the thing. What I'm covering here this morning is in that category. This is advanced teaching. This is pushing you past the basics of, which are all great, repentance of dead works. Hey, you all, stop sinning. Turn away from sin, basic. Faith toward God, basic. Raising people from the dead, basic. <laughs> I have to say, I still, gotta, I still gotta get that one. I'm growing in it, I'm believing. I, I actually, we did have, I had to happen one time in my ministry and this, this baby had rolled between the wall and the bed. He was taking a nap and got pinned between the bed and suffocated. And when the ambulance got him, the baby was brain dead. Took, it to, the, took him to the hospital was brain dead on machines, telling the parents they had to take uh, the baby off of machines. He called me and I had prayed with this couple to get to bring this boy into, the, into this world because they couldn't have children. They were struggling having children. And so we, this is a miracle baby, everybody. It's a miracle baby. And now the doctor's saying the baby's dead, brain dead. <laughs> Unplugged machine. And I told him, I said, I, I, I could, he could only get me by phone. I couldn't find what hospital he was at. So his name is Phil. I said, Phil, you go in there and you tell that baby, Pastor Bill said, you will live and not die in Jesus' name. You just say, just say that. He went in there, he said that, and that baby was out of the hospital in a little, it was a little over two days, out. So, that's my one of the dead raisins, so, all right. Basics, everybody say, time to move on. So, so now here, here's where we go. We go farther into that chapter because now he's going to take us into those advanced teachings and, he, and we're gonna start at verse 11. So we're gonna spend a lot of time in here because I shared with you at the opening, the power of your confident expectation is what your faith is then going to start giving you the title deed to, right? So now we're gonna talk about here in Hebrews, he is now gonna start giving you the mechanics of how do you build that confident expectation. So you all ready for that? So verse 11, he says, but we do strongly and earnestly desire, once again, it didn't amplify it, for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope. Let's stop there for a little bit. This is what he's saying. I'm telling you all, it's gonna require diligence and sincerity all the way through so that you will realize and enjoy the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. There's, there's a few things we need to hit here. What I'm gonna tell you and share with you this morning goes counterculture to so much of our American culture. Our American culture wants to pull up through the drive-through at Starbucks and grab your coconut frappadiddle-diddle-dee thing, right? Anybody ever watched, heard Tim Hawkins, Christian comedian? He is the best, all right? Just, that's a total sidebar, all right? On what you order when you pull up at Starbucks. We wanna walk, go through that drive-thru and we wanna pick it up and then we wanna go back over here to the drive-thru of, what, what's, the, what's your best hamburger joint out here? McDonald's, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, McDonald's. Chick-fil-A, thank you. All right, all right, yeah, Chick-fil-A. Pull through Chick-fil-A, except for on Sundays, right? Pull up through Chick-fil-A and get our chicken strip baskets with the waffle fries and, and the half Coke and half lemonade thing or the chocolate shake. You can tell I've been there. It's awesome, right? We wanna pull through, and here's what we also wanna do. Then we wanna pull up on Sunday morning into our God window 
download me some hope and some faith, and boom, I'm good. It's not what he's saying here. Everybody say diligence. diligence. Say it again. Say diligence. diligence. See, that means hard work. It says it's going to require some diligence and sincerity, but here's the thing. So that you can enjoy the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. Look at your neighbor and say your, your hope needs to fully develop. Tell them again. Tell the other person on the other side. So here's the thing. We know our faith needs to develop. We know our Christian walk needs to develop. But this verse right here is saying that your confident expectation needs to be developed. And this is why. This is why this is so important. So full assurance and development of your hope until the end in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritually lazy. Oh, whoa, whoa, stop here. If your hope, if your confident expectation is not fully developed, he promises you that you are going to become disinterested and spiritually lazy. I want you to stop here for a little bit. Let's, let's park here for a moment because we need to. So many of us, when, our, when it doesn't seem like our faith is moving, we don't see things happening the way we want to, we don't see things growing, developing in the course that they should, you get disinterested, don't you? And you start getting lazy. Whoa. And we know all the promises in Proverbs. When I was, I think I was 18 or 19 years old, uh, as a teenager, I dealt with laziness. Any of you have teenagers that dealt with that or you deal with that so I did a word study all the way through on Proverbs I pulled up Proverbs and Psalms I pulled up all the promises for lazy people it's fantastic it's awesome it says like a lazy person goes back and forth on the hinges of their bed you know they keep sleeping they don't get out of bed and get to work it says so will poverty come up and sneak up on them and take them over fantastic promise for lazy people Oh, it goes on and on and on and on. There's so many great promises for lazy people. It's fantastic. We don't want any of that, do we? So he is saying, look, everybody, develop your confident expectation or you are going to become disinterested and spiritually lazy. And that is not good for you. That's not good for the world around you that he's wanting you to change. But here's why. Here, let's, just be, let's just be straight up honest about it. It feels like we keep pounding on a door that doesn't open. We feel like we just keep knocking our head into something and it's not moving. But I'm using my faith. I'm believing for it. I'm believing for it. I'm working towards it. I'm doing, 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 doing. And what's missing? What's missing, everybody? Confident expectation. Because let's stop about it. Let's stop and park here for a second. In the morning when you get up, and you got to be honest with yourself, you got to be real. When you get up in the morning, and you're in that, maybe that grogginess of just starting to go, and it's before your first cup of coffee, and maybe for some of you, that's the first thing you do, is you beeline it to the coffee machine. I got one honest person right here, <laughs> right? We get there. What, what, are, what does our mind usually do first thing in the morning? Now, everybody's different, right? But think about it. What do you usually allow to begin to come in first thing in the morning? Do you turn on your phone? Start scrolling through Fox News? 
Do you, do you start letting the world in? My job is we have a wealth management company, so do I hit the, what's the stock market doing already? What's this news article? You sports fans? You know, what's Antonio Brown? Where's he gonna end up? All of this stuff start coming in. Do you sit there and tend to worry? Come on, let's be real. You start worrying right away, first thing in the morning. Start anticipating, well, what's gonna happen? And maybe you've got an important meeting that you gotta go into. And you're thinking, well, you know, if they say this, then I'm gonna say that. And if they say this, and you know how you play the tennis match back and forth? Boy, if they see this, I'm really gonna let them have it then. And, or are you like, you know, like the proverbial, the guy whose heart stops beating? Your brain is just like, and then you get caffeine. Boop. <laughs> Little life there. <laughs> Maybe I'm not thinking about and pondering things going the wrong way, but am I starting out with confident expectation in the day? See, here, guys, here's, here's what I believe is one of the problems with Christians that, that I know the Lord is, is emphasizing that this has got to change. It's accidental Christians. Accidental Christians. They'll hear somebody who something miracle happens and this happens and their businesses are taking off and all of that and they'll go, good for them. Boy, that's awesome. Must be great to be them. Come on. And their, their confident expectations like the dead guy. Why is that? Let's be real. Why is that? Why is it that we do not allow ourselves to get confident expectation lifted up? Why? Somebody said it. Disappointment. Disappointment. I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to circle back to this. Your conscious mind, all right, and we're going to break into this in a little bit, but you got to, I'm going to sew this, and then we're going to come back around. The Jesuits for hundreds of years have said this, give me a child until they're seven, and I will show you the man. Seven. Why is that? They have proven that up till seven years old, a child's brain patterns are, it, their, their frequency is at a much lower ratio. And what's happening is their subconscious is getting programmed at that point. So they're getting programmed on all the rules and regulations of how to survive. Because think about it from the time you're born and on through those first seven years, how many times don't do that? Don't touch that. Eat this way. Say yes, ma'am. Say yes, sir. Say thank you. Blah, 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 blah. So what happens is God has literally put in the brain that their brain has not reached conscious level because at the conscious level, please just bear with me for a little bit. You guys that geek out about this stuff like I do, I'm giving you a lot to geek out on. All right? For everybody that doesn't geek out on this, stay with me because this is critical. So up to seven, their brain is not firing at the conscious level because God's laying in the subconscious that is going to really govern the rest of their lives. So by the time you're seven, you have been hardwired for most things. Manners. Come on. How to eat properly, <laughs> even though sometimes we still go away from that. Come on. Financially, let's park there for a little bit. 
Many times by the time you're seven, you heard, can't afford that. That's too expensive. We don't eat in places like that. We don't go to nice places like that. How many of you grew up middle class or below? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you had the opportunity of growing up in an affluent family? Got one. It's typical. Now here, stay with me. You heard growing up, I, I, I can speak for myself, we heard it all the time. We're in the red already. Yeah, you guys need to ration that because we're, we're not gonna make it. Everybody's gotta pull it so we can make it. Rice and beans for the rest of the month. Come on, how many heard this? Can't afford that, stay in this, don't do this, don't do this. By the time you are seven, so here's what you've got. You have this conscious mind now at your age that has been blueprinted. Everybody say blueprinted. blueprinted. All right, so if you've ever built a home, you start with what? Blueprint. Blueprints. And then guess what? The blueprints, they take the blueprints and they build the So you have a financial set of blueprints all around you already set in stone by seven of what is your economic financial blueprint. It's set. It's set. So then what happens? If you begin, I'm just telling you, this is proven. If you begin to step up and a little bit outside of that, most people that do not learn how to change that will literally self-sabotage to stay in that economic condition. They will self-sabotage. Why? Because your conscious mind is calling you out. I'm sorry, you're, yeah, you're con- now you're con- your subconscious is calling it out and that's where you're gonna stay inside that blueprint. Ooh, come on everybody, are you with me, yes or no? So here's what happens. We start to try to like step out. Now I want you to think about this for a little bit. If you have to, just close your eyes for a second and I want you to do this with me. I want you to envision yourself if you're in debt or in your financial condition. I want you right now to double that in your mind. If the most you've ever made is 50,000, 60,000, 100,000, whatever it is, double it. And I want you to think about it. I want you to allow yourself to think about it. How many of you can be honest enough you run into a wall when you do that? Come on, how many can be honest? I hit a wall, I hit a wall. Do you know what wall you hit? What wall did you hit? Yeah, you hit it. And that's why everybody, this expecting too much, you have gotten walls put around you, baby. You have this wall built for you already. If I asked asked you right now, what is a large amount that you would have in your savings account? What would that be? Just think about it. You don't express it. What is it? Now, Donald Trump walks in here. We ask Donald Trump, what's a large amount? Ask him, Bill Gates, what's a large amount? You think that number's gonna be different? Same human being, right? Breathe the same oxygen, right? Why is that number different? Listen, it is proven. It's why the rich, their children stay rich, and why the poor, their children stay 
for. It stays cyclical. Because of that expectation of your life being set by the time you're seven. You'll talk to some people and go, man, alive, I'm just doing so great, man. I, I, I actually got me a car and we got us a house making mortgage payments. I'm just so blessed. You go into some places of the world, I got a bike. I am so blessed. I actually get to ride a bike to and from the market. And then you got some people are like, man, I own, I own 20 homes and I got a million dollars in investments and man, things are just great. And they all have this same expectation. Are you seeing it? Yes or no? Your confident expectation, your faith gets substance to that and gives you the title deed to it. Now it's a little heavy in here because I know I've given you a lot to think about. So let's back into this about how God then breaks those walls changes that programming and brings you into a different place. But guess what? What did I start out with? What is it going to take? It's going to take diligence to change your confident expectation. Tell the person next to you, it's going to take some work. Because I'm, 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 guys, I just promise you, I work with people all the time. I work with people with $100 million. I work with people with $500,000. I work with people with no money. I work with people all in this whole gamut. And it's fascinating to me to watch the guy who will sit in a meeting with me and talk about $300 million like it's $10. And then I talk to some people that talking to them about $10 is like talking about $300 million. It's everything they got. It's all about this blueprint that is set in your mind. All right, so here we go. Back to Hebrews. So it says that you will realize and enjoy the full assurance and development of your confident expectation until the end in order that you may not grow disinterested and become lazy. But instead, this is his goal. He wants you to be imitators of those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. So if my hope is developed correctly, I will not be disinterested, I will not be lazy, but instead I will become an imitator of those that through faith and patience obtain the promises. How many of you, that's the direction you're wanting to go? I don't wanna be disinterested and lazy. I wanna get over here and imitate those who through faith and patience obtain the promises. Now this is what he does. He immediately goes into the point in time where this took place. He brings up the story of Abraham. For when God made his promise to Abraham, he swore by himself since he had no one greater by whom to swear, saying, blessing I will certainly bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so it was that he, Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac as a pledge of what was to come, what God had promised him. Men indeed by, by, swear by a greater than themselves, and with them in all disputes, the oath taken for confirmation is final. Accordingly, God also, in his desires to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan, intervened with an oath. Everybody say, with an oath. And this was it. So here, so, so let's stop for just a moment. Stop for just a moment. 
Abraham, how many of you read all of the chapters from the time Genesis 12 when God told him, you, I am going to give you children, leave this land and I'm gonna go give you another land and I'm gonna multiply in you, I'm gonna bless you. That started in Genesis 12, right? How many chapters went by until it was actually fulfilled? A lot and a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of this and a whole lot of that. And multiple times, Abraham started doubting and God would intervene and tell him, I will bless you. I am going to give you children. And then he'd get back going again and then he'd hit another wall and something else would happen. And this happened over and over and over again until you read in Genesis 22 where it says, Sarah conceived. There was a huge period of time from the promise delivered to here. This is what God is saying right here. This is what he did. He intervened. He intercepted. He put himself in the middle of this cycle of, of, for Abraham to build confident expectation by giving him the promise. And this is what it says. He who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the confident expectation appointed for us set before him. Now we have this confident expectation as a sure and a steadfast anchor of the soul. All right, I gave you a whole lot there. Now I'm gonna, come, I'm gonna walk, break it down. Abraham has been promised decade after decade after decade. You will have a child. You will get this promise. This will happen. Yeah. Doubt would set in. One time Abraham even laughed at God yeah. when God told him that. Yeah. Any ever been like that? Yeah. Pastor Miriam's up here saying, you're the blessed of the Lord. <laughs> and you gonna be real with me? Oh, yeah. Come on, come on guys. Let's just be real in this house this morning, right? Because you know what's happened? Something's gotten in the way and we've become disinterested and we've fallen into laziness. Abraham did it, Sarah did it. Sarah overheard a conversation when they're speaking that you're gonna have a baby and she's like, <laughs> this old hag, really? Come on. How is my husband even gonna be interested in this? That's what she said, right? But what happened? He did get interested in her and they had a baby. Come on, guys, this is real. The word is real. This is what happens. Confident expectation, your faith is gonna give you the title to it. So you know what God did? To, in, to inject himself into this war that we fight with of obtaining the promises, he interjected a promise. And that promise is this. Surely blessing, I'm gonna bless you. And surely multiplying, I'm gonna multiply you. Remember I started out with the importance of us losing the religious words, getting rid of it. So let's talk about it for a little bit. Surely, the word blessing means to give power to prosper. You all know that, right? Say it, to get power to prosper. So when Abraham is dealing with this fight, God steps in the scene, the creator of the heaven and the earth, and said, I picked you, and surely I, I, Jehovah, the God that created the heavens and the earth, I am going to give you power to prosper. And I am going to multiply you. Now, here's how this interrupts your thought processes. Stop with me for a second and just really let this sit, sit in and soak in. You first, when, you know, uh, have you read the prayer of Jabez? Any of you read the prayer of Jabez? Powerful book. Once again, if you geek out on this type of stuff, get it. Powerful book. Because what does Jabez say? 
Jabez says, oh, that you would bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from evil that I bring pain to no one. Because the word Jabez means pain. Because his mom died in childbirth with him. And the last thing she did is called him pain in the butt. You kill me. Pain. So the rest of his life, all of his time, that's what he's called. Hi, pain. How are you doing, pain? Pain, 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 pain. And what did Jabez do? He knew that if he could get the blessing of the Lord on his life, it would change his level forever. It would change his destiny forever. In the church, guys, we throw around bless, 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 bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. Bless, 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 bless. And we have thrown it out so much that we've lost the powerful impact of what it means to you and to me. It means that Jehovah, I am that I am, picked you and said, I am going to give you power to prosper. What what is your name, sir? Marcus. So Marcus right here, Imagine that I represent Jehovah. Come up here and grab Marcus and say this. All right, Marcus, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not trying to embarrass you. And grab Marcus and says, you know what? I'm putting a power to prosper on your life. Now think about that, guys. Grab that and absorb that. The creator of the heaven and his earth picked you, chose you, and then said, I'm putting a power to prosper on your life. How, everybody, will that change your expectation for the rest of your life? If you really absorb it. Thank you, Marcus. If you really absorb it, if you really allow that to come on the inside of you, we have let religion rob us of the impact of that power of that blessing, saying, I'm giving you power to prosper. I, myself, Jehovah, am going to be the one that's going to multiply you. When you get up in the morning, I promise you, if you want to develop confident expectation... If you will give the first 10 to 15 minutes of your day, and I want you to do this right now. Close your eyes. And I want you to think about what I just said, that promise. Surely, blessing, empowerment to prosper, I'm going to give you power to prosper. And multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. Surely, blessing, I'm going to bless you. Multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. All right, open your eyes. You meditate on that, and here's what you do. You begin to envision your life in that multiplied, blessed category. Close your eyes again. I want you to do it. Just just imagine it. Multiplication, I want you to go into your checking account right now. You know what's in there. Multiply it by seven. Multiply it by seven. You hit a wall, didn't you? You hit a wall. That's okay. Confident expectation does not, uh, does not need the subconscious to agree with it. You are doing this to change the subconscious. This will build confident expectation. Open your eyes. I'm using money, guys, but it just is an easy illustration. You do that in every category of your life. So, studies have shown there are two things that change the programming that I talked about when you were seven. There's two. One is repetition. Everybody say repetition. Repetition. Repeat it. Repeat it. 
So when I repeat something over and over again, it begins to change that programming that took place. Now, remember I told you that time when my wife goes off to work, we just paid our tithes, and I prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I know the problem's not on your end, it's on my end, please show me. And I shared the last time I was here, immediately as I was laying there on my face, the Lord showed me angels. You remember that? For you that were with me, for you that weren't, just, bear with, just stay with me. They were bored. They had their arms crossed like this, leaned up against like this with this incredibly bored look on their face saying, God, please reassign me from this idiot. I'm bored out of my mind. And, I, and, and I'm looking at these angels and then I come back too and the Lord begins to walk me through a pattern of things to do. The first of which was every morning and every night to speak over my life, my family, and business, Deuteronomy 28. Now listen, listen to this, because this is gonna connect now. This is gonna connect. Remember, the way he inserts confident expectation in your life is by giving you a promise. And that promise is surely blessing. I will bless you. Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses, is the definition of the blessing of the Lord and what it does in your life. Everybody with me, yes or no, did you see that? Did you see that? So what he did, and unbeknownst, I hadn't saw this part yet. What did the Lord need to do? He needed to change Bill Walton's confident expectation because I grew up, I'm talking 50 bucks in your account is big time, baby. I wasn't able to pay my bills. I was so broke. My businesses were failing. He needed to change my confident expectation. So what did he have me start doing? Repeating every day. Repetition. Say it. Repetition. repetition. Say it again. Repetition. repetition. Now here all of a sudden I'm driving. I'm driving into town. It's a 14 mile dirt road drive. I'm driving in a pickup truck that my in-laws felt so bad for us that they bought. It was a beauty of a truck, an 82 white Chevy, right? Driving in this rickety dink truck. I'm driving into work and, and no money in my account. And I'm saying, I am the head and not the tail, baby. I'm above only and I am never beneath. I will lend to many nations and I will never borrow. And I remember thinking in my mind at that point, because what was getting me? What wall was I hitting? I was hitting that programming. Thinking, you idiot. You're gonna lend? You? You ain't got no money in your bank? It's fine. Guys, listen, when you start this exercise, you are going to feel ridiculous. Why? What are you hitting? You're hitting that wall. So you know what? It's a good sign when you feel that because that means I'm hitting the wall. I'm hitting the wall. And I start saying, I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and I am never beneath. I lend to many nations and I never borrow. My family is blessed. My children are blessed. Everything I lay my hand to, he multiplies. He prospers it. My enemies come against me one way and they run away from me in seven different directions. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Oh, come on, everybody. Now, see, see, here it is. Here I am with no money in my account. And I know there's so many of you this morning, you've become disinterested. You've been feeling that laziness, that pullback from it. You've been feeling that disconnect. Here's the blessing and I feel like I keep trying to reach it and I keep trying to reach it and I keep trying to reach it. Jesus is here with the key that you need and it's to change your confident expectation. Yes. You start your morning, you start every morning, every night. 
And yeah, you know what? You're going to feel ridiculous. I, I can tell you there's been very few times I've felt as ridiculous as that. But I don't care about feeling ridiculous. I want God's very best for my life, and I'm not going to stop short of it. And I want you to experience God's best. There's too much, there's too many people that need to be impacted for the Lord. And God wants to free you this morning. He wants to break you out of that shale that was put around you. He loves you too much for you to sit right where you're at. It's way too much for you. His love for you is so empowering that he is reaching down to you this morning and saying, let my promises change your expectation. And as you meditate on that, and meditate on that, and meditate on that, it will begin to affect your expectation. The other way, there's a couple ways. I'm going to hit them real quick of how to change that expectation. And I am looking at, guys, I, I do need help with this. I want to make sure I'm good on time. All right, am I right? Okay, so help me just to, I mean, and I mean that with all my heart because I don't want to keep people too long. Here's, here's the, the, the second way. When you understand that he is with you and that expectation is there, here's the other part of that. When I was here last time, I shared about positionally who you are. All right, uh, two or three of you get over here and this is gonna be a redo for some of you, just, just two of you, real quick. If two of you will jump right there and two by, right by Pastor, uh, Pastor Stephanie in, in line right there. Two of you right there, please, just help me out real quick. And you all remember what I did. Remember what I did was yeah. the people on this side, yeah. when, you, when, you, when, you, when you, were, you were just, this was before you got saved, right? And you're standing here and maybe you came up at a, at a church service and you accepted the Lord, right? Yeah. And on this side were the people who have not accepted the Lord. I'm sorry, the ones that have not accepted and the ones that have accepted. And remember we sang just as I am without one plea and come with me and now you got saved and you got over here and now you're just in this line, okay? And here's Jesus, here's Jesus up here, right? And the Father, here's the Father, here's the throne and basically I moved from one side of the aisle and I moved to the other. You all with me? Do you remember that? So positionally, I'm still way down there. Right. But then we followed and we learned something very important that in Ephesians 1 it says this that we are seated with Christ, right? That that when we were born again, when we were born again, it wasn't just a change from hell to heaven. Instead, I'm gonna embarrass you, you're gonna come up with me. Instead, come on. It says that he has placed all things under the feet of Christ. Right? All things under his feet, and we are his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. So positionally, am I way down there or am I up here with the Lord? Up there with the Lord. Okay, so now get this. Stop for a second. If you understand you're a king, if you understand that when you were saved, you were set with Christ in heavenly places, and then he says, come boldly before the throne and ask whatever you need. Do you see how positionally when I pray and I just look over to my left and say, Father, this is what I need. Or when I command and speak, this is what happens. Do you see the difference in my expectation? If I'm only down here, if I'm down here, Oh, I'm just, you know, this saved worm, saved by grace. I'm just this sinner that's just trying to scrape by through my life. Do you see the difference? What are my expectations going to be if I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Come on, everybody. What are my expectations? 
How is that going to be different than my expectations if I know I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places? Poverty mentality. Say it. Poverty mentality is birthed from not understanding who I am and not understanding God's blessing on my life. Because if I understand who I am, I'm a king. When the, when the prodigal son returned, remember the ring he gave him? Do you know that was the corporate credit card, right? That was the expense account. That's what they bought. Come on, everybody. All right? What did he put on you? What did he give you when you returned? He, when you returned, he gave you full rights, full expectation for you to walk out God's very best in your life. Thank you. Let's give her a hand. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Last thing. You guys with me? This process, this process of changing your expectation in the 10, 15 minutes that you start your day, how many of you have ever read Dr. Leaf? Okay, Dr. Leaf has been highlighted recently on Kenneth Copeland Ministries across the world. Write her name down. She has a book called Unlocking Your Brain. I think I got that title right, Unlocking the Brain. Yeah, Caroline Leaf. I want you to, I want you to stay with me on this as we wrap this up. Her background is in helping people that were, had brain damage and different things like that, that she rehabilitated, and she rehabilitated them by teaching them the power of their thoughts. Okay, now stay with me, because I know when people start teaching this, some of you all going, oh my gosh, it's new age, oh my gosh, it's new age. No, actually, new age really stole from the Bible. Okay? There's this incredible proverb, proverb says, as a man thinks in his heart let that sink in let that sink in what you are confidently expecting what you are focusing on what you are thinking through all of that turns into reality why? because what I confidently expect what does my faith do? gives me the title deed to it, right? so what I'm thinking builds my expectation what I expect becomes reality now this is what Dr. Leaf says Every night, your mind goes through a process of decluttering, getting rid of different stuff. And every single morning, you have a whole brand new area of your brain, new synapses, all of that type of thing, that your first thoughts in the day and what you begin to focus on literally begins to graft into your mind, and they have, they have studied it and done snapshots of the brain that the brain literally changes in its look and its appearance if you, if you allow negative thoughts to be the first of the thoughts or thoughts of faith. It's called neuroplasticity. Say that and you'll sound real fancy. What it simply means is the brain operates like plastic. It can be molded. It can be changed. Look, geeks, if you're a geek like me, geek out on this stuff. If you want your life to change, geek out on this stuff. Because here's what happens. You get up in the morning, you have this brand new area of your mind. Remember the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And he gives you this new landscape in your mind. 
and you get up in the morning and you start thinking, wonder what's gonna happen at work today. Man, that's been rough. I don't know, all that debt. Man, I don't know if we're gonna do it. Man, we've been fighting with my wife. My kids are just going crazy. And you ain't even out of, you're not even out of bed and you're a mess. Come on, everybody. How many of you have done it? I've done it. I've been there. By the time you get out of bed, you got negative energy all around you. You are a complete mess. And then the worst thing is you turn your phone on. Got the emails coming. I got that project I got to do. And you get a text message about this or that. Then you go on the news and, and, and CNN says the whole world's falling apart because of Trump. And Fox says it's all great because of Trump. And you're sitting in the middle going, what am I thinking? Come on, let's just be real. I told you I'm going to be real, right? And so it's all political. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I don't know what to do about it. And, and you get up in the morning. And by the time you got your cup of coffee, you're mad at your wife and your kids. And everything's just a mess. Now, I know you haven't ever done that. But I have done that. Now, here's what happens, though. Your mind... Those, that brand new canvas, you have begun to create and you literally framed this negative world. And your brain, you study it, it is fascinating. I love how finally science catches up to the Bible. I love it. God's been for year, forever saying, as you think in your heart, so are you. If you will confidently expect, their belief system is gonna take you and give you the title deed to it. All of these promises and now science is finally catching up to it. Now, instead of all that mess, if you will do this, if you will lay in bed, and I close my eyes, this is what I do. I do this religiously. I lay in bed, and I think this. Surely, blessing, you have blessed me. Now, I want you to do this, guys. Everybody, just real quietly, close your eyes. I want you to go with me on this. Surely, blessing, I am blessing you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Let that soak in, guys. The God of the heavens, man. The one that changed, that created this world, that spoke and massive solar systems are still being formed because of the power of his word. Spoke over you. Surely, empowerment to prosper. I am giving you power to prosper. Surely, multiplying, I will multiply you. And I sit there in bed and I think about that. And I think about that. And I speak that. Two ways, guys. There's two ways that your subconscious is changed and altered so that you can actually begin to change that confident expectation. One is repetition. The second is what's called theta. T-H-E-T-A. So if you want to write it down in your notes, write it down. Theta. Theta is where imagination takes place. Open your eyes and look at me. Do you ever notice how, remember I talked about the seven-year-old? And the seven-year-old, think about when you were that age, the imagination and how easy it was for you to imagine. Right? And then you get older and you just get totally ruined. Right? I think about when we were kids uh, growing up on the ranch, we had these bicycles. Josh had a 10-speed. We had these little huffy, that was just the name brand of them. They were just like this single speed, you know, bike. Those bikes were everything. 
they were spaceships and they were horses and they were, you name it, right? Big old pickup trucks and we were going up and down hills. I mean, they were everything. And you would pick up a stick and that bad boy would turn into whatever rifle. You'd knock something out from 300 yards and we were fighting the bad guys and building forts and doing all this stuff, right? And it's real, everybody. And imagination and imagination and imagination. Why? Because God gave us imagination to reprogram our mind, to program it. And then what happens is we get older and then what happens? Quit imagining. Don't put yourself out there. You don't want to get disappointed. Don't dream too big. No, 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 no. Don't dream about that. That's too big. That's too much. And what do we start doing? Our imagination starts doing what? Come on, everybody. Stay with me. I got a couple more minutes. You've got to get this. Our imagination starts doing what? It shrinks down. And to imagine is maybe just to think, hmm, I wonder if that should be a blue wall or a red wall. And that's the limit of our imagination. Really? Hmm, should the couch go that way or could I imagine possibly that it could go that way? Come on. (laughs) Come on, guys, this is just truth, isn't it? And here's what we're doing. We have gotten this box around us Let's talk about, let's talk about youth, youth ministry for a little bit. When I started in youth ministry, I was given the quote that a youth group on average is 10% of the church. You ever heard that number? Okay. So what happened in youth ministry is here comes the box. By the time we were done in our youth ministry, it was bigger than the church. Is that possible? Can you imagine that? You know why? Do you know that 98% of people who accept the Lord do that before age 21? Where does God want the Holy Spirit working more than any place else in this church? Right with you. Right with you. So can you imagine it? Now, here's the immediate thought. When you start talking about imagining big things, when you start imagining big things, what do you start hitting? Wall. Is hitting the wall a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing because don't I want to knock that sucker down? But you see it. You see how you're, you're, that subconscious, boy, it hits you. Ooh, whoa, what is that? Whoa. Me making a half a million dollars a year? I'm picking a number. All my family's been divorced. You mean me having a marriage that can be a model for other people? Yeah. Us? Hit that wall, hit that wall, hit that wall. So here's what I do. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and I'm never beneath. Now stop, I'm above only and never beneath. Imagine you in your field, whatever your field is this morning, whatever you work in, wherever that's at, imagine what it's like to be at the head and not the tail. I am the lead in that area. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're a, 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 a bagger at Walmart. I don't care where it is. You are the head because guess what the head, when you're the head, you get promoted. Yes. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only. I'm never beneath. I'm a lender. Imagine this. I lend to many nations. Now, some of you have loaned five bucks to your friend and you never got it back. Okay. 
That's not what I'm talking about. Lending to many nations. Now stretch your imagination. Imagine what that feels like. Imagine what that looks like. You being a lender instead of a borrower. Let's start with your imagination right now. I want you to imagine getting the note from the bank. And look, I've I've had this experience. I got the note from the bank that my mortgage is gone. Paid for. Paid off. Wow. Imagine it. Some of you have lived in debt your whole existence. Imagine it. Now open your eyes. I'm giving you a couple things to think about. If you will be diligent and you will stay on that course of imagining and, and, and thinking through God's blessing in your life and then speaking it, I am the head and not the tail, a reprogramming of your mind begins to happen. And what does Romans chapter 12 verse two tell us? Be not conformed to this world, but be what? Come on, everybody. Transformed by what? Am I gonna be transformed if my mind's not renewed? So my mind getting renewed, right? Now here's, here's the thing. We read like verses like that, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We read in 2 Corinthians where it says that we are to cast down every imagination, bring every thought into the captivity. And where does our mind always go? Our mind usually goes to the bad sins. I take that bad thought of adultery. I take that bad thought of robbing or whatever. And those are the thoughts we take captive, right? The big bad sins, right? And meanwhile, your imagination goes crazy about, oh, I'm in debt, and I'm still this, and I'm that, and, and all this negativity. We, we think the bad sins we put in the area that we're supposed to take them captive, but these sins that are, un, these, these thoughts that are undoing your hope, we let slide. No, 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 no. Casting down all imaginations that are what? Are contrary to what? To God's word. Should, but whoa, whoa, whoa. It says just to cast down those imaginations. Doesn't that mean there should be other imaginations that aren't cast down? Come on, everybody. You let this click. My my imagination of my life should be vivid of God's possibilities. And I'm gonna hit the wall. And I'm gonna hit the wall. When I first started doing this, where my belief, where I needed was the big imagination, the big stretch for me was to bring in $4,000 a month. That was huge, man. It was this step of faith. And the next year was 60, and then it went up to 74, and then it went up to 90, and then the huge number for me was when I hit six figures, stretching into the ability of bringing six figures in. Now, some of you, some of you grew up in, a, in a, a home that that was common and that was normal. But for me, it was not. And I had to break through it and keep pushing. And every single year, I keep pushing and I keep pushing that number farther and farther and farther out there. And guess what? $4,000, do you know what that is now? That's just normal. That was way back here. Do you see that, yes or no? Because why? It was big here. It was big here. It is no longer big here. I got a whole other number that's big. Are you with me, everybody? Every morning, I walk through this. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. 
I think through it. I then imagine myself. The scripture says this. I'm going to give it to you guys. And I'm trying to hurry this up. I don't know why I ran up the stairs because I had my phone in my pocket. (laughs) Genesis 11.6 says this. The Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Nothing. When you think through these things, imagine yourself experiencing them. You begin to reprogram your expectation. I want you to stand on your feet. Thank you, Father. With your eyes closed, your hands lifted. I want you to hear this statement and I want you to receive it because it's big. You truly are the head and not the tail because he says you are. He says this morning, I have chosen to put my blessing on you. I chose it from the foundations of the earth to choose a people to be blessed, to walk out my empowerment to prosper in every area of their life. I chose you. I chose you. So why do we doubt? He says, why do we doubt? Do we doubt that he chose us? No. We choose to doubt because our mind has been bent that way. And this morning, his voice to you is to remind you of that fact that he chose you and he put his hand on you. Business owners, I speak to you this morning. I speak prophetically over you. Your expectation must rise. Your expectation must rise. For this church's calling is much higher than where your expectation is. And as a business owner in this body and a part of this body, his flow financially, the financial strength that must flow to you is for the purpose of bringing blessing and empowerment to this city and to this area in Jesus' name. Are you ready to step up to that assignment? Are you ready to step up to that assignment? But you say, that's Pastor Marion, that's Pastor Stephanie's vision, that's their calling. No, 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 it's yours. You're here. He has for you to be writing checks for your tithe of what you used to make in a year. He's telling me this, he's downloading this. That's for you, that's your calling. Will you step up to it? Will you allow your mind to get renewed? You hire people. He wants those to, that to be multiplied in who you're hiring because people need jobs. People need to be in an environment of godly business owners that are striving for greatness. Will you step up to it, he says. Will you step up to it? Will you allow my word to reframe your imagination and your thought and your expectation to bring these things to you? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I hear some of you as wives saying this right now. Well, I stay at home. 
What am I doing? I'm challenging you right now. I hear this. The Lord wants to speak witty inventions and great ideas to you. You say, but I'm this, I'm that. You've got to stop saying, I am only this. You are to now say, I am a king and priest unto God. That's who I am. That is who I am. That is who I am. That is who I am. Come on, everybody. That is who I am. In a service like similar to this, the Lord spoke to me about the uh, downloading of a vision and a business idea to a stay-at-home mom. That, that, that stay-at-home mom, I met with her a couple of months ago. Her business now brings in millions a year in revenue. It's an amazing idea. Essential oil, soaps, and all of that. And it's all over, all over the place now. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just start, just start allowing the Holy Spirit to just flow through you. You that have your prayer language, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. This is, I'm just telling you, this message, this message is life transforming for you that grab it. For you that choose to grab it, it's life transforming life transforming come on you have got to lay down the poverty mentality it is time for you to lay those things down and to pick up the torch of God's greatness in your life now come on come on some of you have struggled financially far too long far too long and you've allowed that box to stay around you and he is telling you this morning break it off in Jesus name there's some of you that you have for too long, too long you have allowed yourself to think relationally, this is just the best this marriage is gonna be. This is just the best this is gonna be. And it is time to break those imaginations and thoughts off. You have to do it. You've gotta do it right there. I break those thoughts in Jesus' name. I break off that imagination now in the name of Jesus. There's some of you that your parents teachers at a young age told you you are never going to amount to a single thing and you have lived under that you have lived under that curse you've allowed that box to stay around you and now the Lord's saying put it down and pick up I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me his word is my meditation his word is my meditation not anybody else's word yes father yes father Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Right where you're at right now, this is I'm hearing the Holy Spirit just say this too. Some of you have felt like you were just damaged goods. You were molested, torn down, abused, and you've sat in this shallow grave up until this point. And this is what I hear him saying right now with your eyes closed and your hands lifted to him. Lift it up. If that's you, that was a word to you, 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 you pick that up. Right now, you pick up. I am from this day forward breaking my expectation of what my life is going to be. It changes today in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, everybody. It changes today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are not, you are not that experience. You are what he says you are. 
But the work begins today, says the Lord. The work begins today. And you taking your thoughts captive and placing in instead the words and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts for good, thoughts for a future, to bring you to great things. That's what you begin to change. For I know the plans. I know the thoughts I have for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.